Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, Crossrip listeners, and welcome to the show. Can you... Can you smell that? Can you feel that? Can you can you smell the the jasmine and sunscreen and bondo and super glue in the air? Can you uh, feel the heat of the 90 plus degree weather that is only meaning one thing to a lot of you out there? It is convention season. So yes, we're going to give you a quick primer on San Diego Comic Con. We're going to talk about some antiquated technology at the beginning of the show. Also talking Ghostbusters crossing over number four. Get ready. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! I think every community... In the community center, should have a um, electronics recycling bit, uh, and they'll tear it all apart. And computer stuff, they'll assess and rebuild. And then you got machines going back into the community. But the best part is, is they can build a library of the stuff you hand in, and by donating stuff in, you have the right to borrow stuff back out. So you could ditch your cables, going, "What am I going to do with this?" or your universal remote. And then one day go, oh, I need a dingly doobler. And you go down and see if they have a dingly doobler. Oh, we got two of those. Yeah. Yeah. See, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Rather than completely dismantling it and you take it to the e-cycling and then it just disappears. They do whatever they do to melt it all down. Uh, Or given that people don't need that stuff all that often, you could have one central point. That's the I don't know what you like the because there are places there are places like tool libraries that you can sign tools out to take home and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Home Depot does that. Yeah, book Wait, libraries. Did you just invent eBay? I think you just invented eBay. Like, ah, uh, this is garbage. Oh. Well, no, that that you you keep it in that case. And in my in my head, what this is is it's a borrowing thing. Oh, so, oh okay. I yeah, it's, I, like, I, a, it's I invented, like a library for old technology. Yeah, I invented uh, uh, video cable first-generation Netflix. Yeah. The, uh, you pick the, it up the, and you got to return The VCR in the suitcase. Uh, is what... Oh, God. Yeah. I love that there was companies that made money on making suitcases for VCRs. Right? Or for Nintendo uh, systems or... Uh, yeah. I always hate it. Like, what, the first half of the nearly a decade that I worked in a video store... We still had those because there were still people that. I think we had one right up to the end, but it was literally, literally like a once every two years by the end that somebody would come in and sign one out. Like, because by that point, everybody like, had it didn't one. make any sense. You came in, you had the rental, which was like, I don't know, 10 bucks a day or something like that. And, um, uh, you know, you had to put a deposit on it and all that sort of thing. And it's, and it's been heavily used. And it's like, you know, you could just go drop a hundred bucks and get your own mister yeah. like 
Like, Actually, like we, relatively inexpensive now. You can just, just go buy one. We yeah. were literally looking at people going, why are you renting a VCR? Like, this makes no sense. Said, oh, well. uh, yeah, you just hand them the uh, the Sunday paper with the thirty five dollar uh, JVC that they're selling, and uh, yeah, that's what I got. Like yeah. my old ones died ages ago. I didn't have a VCR for years, and then uh, for ripping purposes, uh, I yeah, I went out and picked one up. I think it was like thirty five bucks. Yeah, I have a friend who's a uh, VHS connoisseur. He collects uh, cartoons, and there's a lot that he hasn't been able to find. Oh. Like, like a lot of his library just became redundant because, oh, look, a DVD set. By the time you got a DVD set, you're like, well, this trumps anything I got. Well, v- but there, there is something to be said. Like the, I, I love the Saturday morning cartoon, you know, recordings from yeah. whatever it was, Saturday 1983. So you have all the commercials, and you have all of the promos. And that you, assumes you know, that he has it. Remember, yeah. he was a trader, and a lot of those guys they tighten things up a lot. Yeah. So you lose a lot of you that, lose that, all that, that extra. extra stuff. Yeah. But there's still stuff that he still needed and all that. And he he actually had a conversation with himself. He was like, "Yeah, like if this one dies, am I going to be able to find another?" And I'm like, "They're thirty five bucks. Buy two and put one in your closet. Like, <laughs> just hold one, on to it. Yeah. How often do you use it? That means that one's going to last thirty years. And if you're still alive when it dies, pull the other one out. We got a brand new one in the box that's never been opened. Yeah. And if you never use it, it's in its box. I'm oh, sure man. your kids can sell it for like. Vintage money to some <laughs> twenty fifty hipster. Uh, for sale, strange black box, unsure what it does. <laughs> Free or best offer. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well. Oh, technology. What are we gonna do? I I long I for the days know. of be kind. Please rewind. It's actually we were talking the other day about that. My daughter will never understand going on a Friday night to the video store, renting a tape. And then watching that video over and over and over mm-hmm. and over because it's the only thing that you rented, and you want to take advantage of having it for the Saturday Sunday rental before it's got to go back on Monday. Oh, yeah. um, and and the the counter argument was, well, they can do that on Netflix, and I said, yeah, they can, but they have more stuff readily available. There's, it's not like I could just go to the video store uh, on Saturday morning after having watched Terminator 2 and I'll go pick up another tape. Like, nah, it wasn't wasn't quite that easy. But Well, I had the advantage of I worked in a video store in high school, meaning I could actually, uh, like, I could take out piles of stuff. All the tapes, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was into binge watching before that was even a thing. Because, Lucky. Yeah. Well, like I had my wisdom teeth out and they're, they're like, you're, you're stay home for two days. So I, I literally came home with like 20 tapes and I just <laughs> the, sat the there The entire all new release section was in your hands. <laughs> no, that was unfortunately the, the side effect uh, is that the boss, the boss wanted the new ones making money. So those were off limits. Mm, okay. Old ones I could go nuts with. Uh, it was the middle of the week, maybe on at times, and it was like a hot one, meaning he brought in lots and lots of copies. Yeah, there was kind of wiggle room to take one home. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah, you got to make your lot... hundred dollars back or whatever the rental copies uh, were costing at that point in time two hundred dollars. Yeah, like yeah. What I love is is we're going to have to explain things that are going to survive uh, their original use. 
So like um, uh, album is a good one, both for pictures and for records. We yeah. still say album. Album. Yeah. That that's you know that was literally a the format for yeah, for what, music. What is it was a the format. Album. What? Huh? Yeah. I don't understand. The, yeah. It, it, that one and that one kind of English made it grow so you could it means now your your product regardless of format. But uh, pictures, it's a photo album. Nobody has photo albums anymore. Yeah. But they still, like on your phone, if you look at it, you're, or Facebook, everything's sorted into albums. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, the, the, the hang loose sign that you use as a phone. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's... <laughs> handset receiver? Uh, what is that? I don't yeah, understand. The, the handsets are, are long gone. Like, even, even, the, even the ones that you, can, you still get at home, they're essentially you know, uh, cordless cell phones is what they look like. And you hold them up to your ear, like you hold your iPhone or whatever that, that cupped curved thing is now long gone, but I'm still sitting at my desk with my headphones in and somebody tries to come up and talk to me and I have to look at them and do the, I'm on the, the hang phone. loose, yeah. the banana phone talking into my pinky thing to say I'm on the phone and everybody knows what that means. But if you asked kids these days, they wouldn't quite understand but then all the symbology is that way too, right? Like, yeah. if you look like emojis, when the, if you look at the phone emoji, it's still the still the, rot- the old rotary, rotary phone. phone right? Yeah. Uh, I thought mixtape was going to survive, but playlist seems to have buried mixtape. Mm. Sadly, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, anyway, all right. enough enough about antiquated technology and things of. Uh, and anybody you know? under the age of 25 is just like, what the hell? Why am I listening to this? <laughs> Grandpa doesn't know how to do new math. God, you're cool. They didn't know <laughs> how to do math. the old stuff either. What was wrong ah. with old math? Isn't that the joke in Incredibles? Uh, the Incredibles, but, yeah. What was wrong with the old math? Yeah. Why did they change math? Why did they change math? Math is math. <laughs> Uh, Which right. is we, funny because because I have friends who teach math and actually the joke is extra for them because on the one hand math is math meaning it's this immutable language of the universe yeah. or whatever but math is also not math because you can kind of you can the rules you cannot bend the results of the rules but you can approach it from different angles to do the same thing like so there's long just like there's long division and short division as an example right like you get to the same thing in the end but you you're yeah. applying that's different a really technique, junky terminal i guess yeah, yeah. but uh which know, is yeah. why when you get to all the high level math problems and all that that's why they're still working on it. it's not as simple as you know, uh, music or something like that. Actually, music's a good term because uh, a good way to look at it. It's yeah, it's all the time signatures for the most part, and it's all it's all notes. And yeah, you you can't you can't mess around with it. You can't bend the rules. But if you're working on these high, high, high concept principles and all that, sometimes to get like if you to get the solution, you're going to have to come at it in weird ways and do weird things. That's why you know. Uh, what Fermat's theorem and stuff like that. They're still humming and hawing. Like it's in theory to us non-math people. We're like, we don't get it. Why haven't they figured it out? It's like, well, it's complicated. Yeah, and we're, we're working on it. That's, that's the point where they start have to get, you know, creative is the wrong word because creative means do whatever you want, but it has to, but out of the box thinking is a good way to look at it. You have to take your mind out of what, what is, you know, seems typical and then go, down a different path. Why are we talking about this? I, don't know. I, I mean, 
Well, how can new math explain why there have only been three Ghostbusters movies, but we're going to get another RoboCop and another Men in Black and another? <laughs> Come on, new math. Catch yeah, that up. was the, that was today's thing. Was people co- the, the 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 complainers came out about the RoboCop thing? It, it, somebody pointed out, you're worried that the new Neil Blomkamp is uh, gonna ruin the RoboCop franchise. Like, do you? And they're like, do you not remember three? Yeah, and do you not remember four? RoboCop three and the the reboot RoboCop, which nobody really remembers? And well, the, oh, I Prime Directive I had, the. Uh, uh, I had to re- I had to review. Was it Prime Directive? The, that was the, the Canadian the miniseries? miniseries. Yeah. Oh, that was. I felt so bad. Like the, I I was for IGN. I think I reviewed it, and it was okay. It was television fair. Was what it was. But at the end, I was kind of like I couldn't. I, I had to write it up. I was like I could. I can't concentrate on it anymore because whoever they did to do the soundtrack, he just never stopped. The music never stopped. Just always music. He was always playing something. And I'm like, oh my God, no! <laughs> it's an assault. But uh, yeah. Robocop that's... 3, Robocop 4. And the person who pointed out Robocop 3, Robocop 4. Did you not see when Robocop uh, saved Pee Wee Herman at the Oscars? Did you not see when he teamed up with Sting at WW, uh, WWF? Like, it was just like, what are you talking about? Robocop must be preserved. This movie that Paul Verhoeven did in 87 that was a, a comment on violence in the 80s uh, must be preserved for all yeah. mankind, not my Robocop, whatever. There's a documentary, it may have been on Netflix, I think, about uh, Verhoeven. It was a great one. He's a weird dude. I, if if I if I can catch that, I've got to watch that because he's just he's you gotta a watch strange it guy. Well, the funny part is he's not, once you watch that thing, he's not as strange as you think he is. Oh, really? Yeah. It actually, he ends up being way more grounded. Like, he's definitely a creative guy and he's definitely an opinionated guy. Yeah, but he's he turns not out to. Be, uh, He's not Uwe Boll or one of those uh, types. But, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, Uwe. Uwe. Ah, uh, Uwe. Ah, <laughs> uh, Uwe. All right. Well, all right. Well, we'll get in. Let's get into Ghostbusters. We can't. We can't talk about RoboCop on this podcast, can we? Yeah, what, what is this? We yes, have do- some. <laughs> what are we doing? I, actually, I bet that because I sent that to Craig, I bet they're going to talk about RoboCop this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk Ghostbusters because there is some fun stuff we do. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters, uh, crossing over number four, uh, which mm-hmm. we were unable to talk about last week, but this week we can. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's going to be fun. There's a couple news items because we've got San Diego comic-con, uh, just around the corner happening this, this coming weekend, as you're probably listening to this. Uh, mm-hmm. so we, we will prep you as best we can for the, the things that we know will be happening. And then, uh, we'll, we'll have uh, all of you report back on things that, uh, we're not able to, cause neither you or I are going to Comic-Con unfortunately. So, um, no. yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to rely upon you, the listeners to uh, report back to us, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump into news. Oh, you know what? Before we go into the news, this is not quite a news item, but those, uh, those real Ghostbusters custom figures that you posted on Proton Charging yesterday, yeah. today, today, it all blends together. They're awesome. Who, uh, wait, I, I think I wrote, oh yeah, uh, Alicia Flux, a uh, custom yeah. figure builder, did the packaging and, you know, custom figures uh, of the villains that we never got. I think we talked, I don't know, it's been a while now where we were like, why didn't they ever do the actual villains that were in 
real yeah. Ghostbusters as as figures. Um, but uh, and so uh, if if you want it done, you got to do it yourself, and that's what uh, Alicia did. And they're pretty awesome, man. I did. Yeah. They, did uh, Alicia send those to you? Where Where did no, you find uh, those? Ghostbusters Wikia. Oh, posted that's it on, right. Yeah, that's right. It came from them. Yeah, and I I saw it there and uh, went to the eBay page to have a look. They're reasonable too. Like, and I. Th- didn't check to see if she was selling multiples, but it looks like she probably could. Like they're almost like their kits that she's made. Oh, interesting. I wonder if it's like a three D printed something. Because yeah. Sand- Sandman looks like he glows in the dark, maybe. And uh, so does the 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 hunter. The the what do they call it? The train station hunter uh, or whatever. Yeah, the guy that's got the the shovel. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a weird one. He glows in the dark too. Um, they're painted, but yeah, in looking at it, I kind of got the impression that it might have been 3D printed. And then there's a shot on the eBay page, the the figures, like the Haunter is, is big. He's like an inch or so taller, yeah. but he's to scale on the guys. <sighs> so he stands taller than the Kenner figures, but... Uh, in order to get him in the box, along with uh, slime, she's uh, oh yeah, that's right with the cans of ectoplasm, cans too. of ectoplasm too, yeah. like the toys had. Uh, they, it comes apart, and I can see that it's got the nice, um, you know, the square notches that you see in resin kits a lot and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't huh. know if she made one and she's casting them, or if she's just printing them out, or what have you. I, but either uh, way, that's cool. I mean, if if you do get something that's like uh, p- just a primered resin or whatever, and you have to paint it yourself, that's still pretty cool to get these. Mm. Uh, it's I don't I, I really wish that there would be a resurgence of real Ghostbusters so that they could go back to the well and remake yeah. some of these figures. And that's uh, wishful thinking. I know it's it's uh, the funny part is is. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter what camp you're in. They could make that now, and it'd be water under the bridge, because yeah. ironically, depending on who you are, it's either, you know, here it is. It's the real Ghostbusters, and everybody goes, "Oh, like when we were a kid." And if you were in another uh, state of mind, you'd be like, "Here it is, the real Ghostbusters." Oh, like I was, you know, when I was a kid, and not like that other thing that I hate and won't stop talking about. <laughs> it's like, like it literally bringing back the cartoon universe could just kind of calm things down. Yeah, nice. find It'd joy, to everybody. Find joy in things, absolutely. But well, maybe uh, they will. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, f- plans plans will probably be revealed uh, at the the fan fest, uh, but we can continue yeah. to speculate as to what they'll do. Well, let's I, put it this way: the way they, go, do, they, they do they uh, do an animated one. Great goes, yeah, especially if it goes out to the theater. Awesome. And then, what do a lot of those do after the fact? They they start you know they churn out more on on Netflix. You do a series, right? Yeah. It's like so you know it could be coming just like the, RoboCop. That's just exactly like RoboCop. RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, Kenner action <laughs> figures. Kenner uh, based them on the animated uh, series that nobody watched. But um, yeah, uh, so anyway, check check out those figures. They're they're pretty awesome. Uh, and if you if you have the means, uh, pick them pick them up and show off to us, Jeff Shrek. I know you're probably gonna do it. Um, show <laughs> show off your purchase because I want to see them up close and in great detail. So. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the news because I want to make sure we leave plenty of time for some crossing over chat. So here we go with the news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Chris. 
Chris, I am so excited to start with this particular news item because we finally uh-huh. found somebody who was game to play with us. Somebody who responded, <laughs> who showed a little bit of love. Uh, last week, we were talking on the podcast about a Ghostbusters Day news segment, uh, uh-huh. you know, a, a junket interview with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, uh, Rick Moranis, those those guys. And in fact, I did end up finding the videos that you talked about, Chris, uh, that it was all that That's same right. junket uh, that... Um, Bobby, oh shoot, what's her name now? I wish I would have written it down in the rundown, but she, she's actually posted up to Vimeo all of her interviews from this exact same junket. So we have a a really good kind of time capsule of all of these journalists going in. But anyway, so, uh, so last week we were talking about, uh, Bill Murray's comments to the journalist who was interviewing him, uh, Joyce Kowakik, Cole Ha-ik. I'll get it eventually. Sorry, Joyce. Um, and she should have asked her how to pronounce her name. Jeez. I know exactly. But live on the air, you tweeted at her saying, Hey, um, f- funny story. We're watching your interview from 30 plus years ago. Do you remember if Bill Murray made you uncomfortable? Um, and she responded, she was, she was good natured enough to say, Oh my goodness, that was so long ago. I don't remember. Send me the link so I can rewatch it. So she rewatched it and, uh, and got back to us with her comments. So uh, I'll I'll read. Or actually, Chris, do you have them handy? Since this was an interaction with you, do you want to read her responses? Sure. If you can give me just one second here. Okay. So so Joyce uh, is still a journalist in Boston. Uh, according yeah. to her Twitter profile, has survived cancer three times, which uh, is is incredible in its own right. But is still a a film and entertainment critic uh, out there in Boston. So yeah, this so, was the beginnings of a career, it seems. Yeah, it's funny she said she started in like like her thing says like started in 1980 or something like that and then but in her tweet as we'll find out she mentions uh bill was her first interview several years she says several years before and i'm and i'm sitting there going prior to ghostbusters okay maybe not several uh all right i have them here okay so so you had tweeted at her uh you know hey joyce exactly what we said right that just is uh, yeah. solve, solve our little conundrum here and tell us how you were feeling at the time. And, and she responded with, uh, with what? Yeah. I basically said, were they day tippling at the junket and did Bill's flirting make it weird? And she said, haven't seen the clip in years, tweet out a link to the interview and I will watch it and let you know what I remember. I do remember Bill Murray as a difficult guy to chat with after I've, and she's, and then after I view. Um, and then of course, so I tweeted to her in the middle of the night knowing she was asleep and then she tweeted that back the next day and I was busy. So she, (laughs) but she found it on her own. Uh, okay. I just watched it and no, uh, all caps, his flirting actually made me relax and laugh. All All caps. caps. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was so nervous and on my guard from an earlier interview with him several years before my first ever, in fact, and he'd given me a hard time. But he and Aykroyd, well, sorry, he and Aykroyd were perfect gents here and cracked me up. Uh, she's one of those people that does, it's... All I caps notice. for emphasis. Uh, yeah, it's a it's yeah. a Twitter, and I'm not sure why, so like, why Aykroyd? But anyways. Uh, she wants to shout it at you. Aykroyd! Yeah, so she, uh, I guess, uh, as a junior woodchuck uh, interviewer, entertainment reporter, uh, her first interview was... Uh, with Bill, Mur- which makes me think now. I'm trying to think what would that have, like maybe stripes, stripes? like 1980. Yeah, like she she seems she says it like several years when really at that point her career, according to her profile, only 
as an entertainment reporter only started like my like four years earlier. So I'm trying to think like uh, yeah, stripes have, or when what year was Tootsie? Meatballs. But he, he wouldn't have done Tootsie. Yeah, maybe no, meatball. too small meatballs of a character. would make sense. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe he, meatballs. he's such a bit player he wouldn't be on like the press circuit for Tootsie. But yeah, meatballs. Maybe would meatballs. Make sense. Maybe stripes. We would. I was hoping she'd tell us more, but she didn't. But yeah. Um, but that's uh, it's. I mean, I understand because that's. I think. I think people like Bill Murray or big personality comedians, uh, people of that nature, they can sense your fear. Like I remember my very first interview that I did back when I was doing DVD Blu-ray stuff was Eddie Izzard. And I was so nervous. And I know that he's such a, he's a funny guy and he's very sharp. And so he's so well read and, and knows anything and everything about history and literature. And so I was, I was super intimidated and I think it showed on that first interview that he was kind of like, uh, who is this guy? And kind of gave me a hard time and was not, not, not a terrible person, but just wasn't quite n- nice to me. Um, and that was for the first season of the riches. And then when I came back for the second season of the riches, I had gotten inside my own head, like, oh, he hates me. And this is just going to be a difficult interview. And, but I've, you know, it's been a year and I've done a whole lot more since then. And so right. I sat down with him and he was wonderful. He was lovely. And, and just, you know, uh, as Joyce was saying, kind of tried to make me feel at ease and was joking around. And so, you know, maybe Bill was just in a bad spot or had a bad day, uh, drank too much the night before something and, and yeah, well, it, had nothing to do she, with her for that first interview. Yeah. And then as yeah. she put it, it was, um, a uh, difficult guy to chat with. Like that doesn't, that could mean anything too, right? Like, yeah. You know, if, if but, a comedian isn't on and you're hoping to coax funny out of them, uh, they're not going to, they're going to be so hesitant to give you any gold that, you know, yes. could be bad, um, but I don't know. I, what I do like is I get the impression that, uh, uh, lesser stars, let's say, um, <laughs> tend not to keep track of people, but the better stars at a minimum probably recognize if they've talked to you before. Oh, I mean, sure. In this case, it looks like Bill. Bill's got at least a good, uh, can't remember character names as we learned, but, uh, <laughs> Roy stance. Yeah. Roy stance. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like, uh, he, uh, he, uh, well, or who knows? Maybe he didn't remember her either. He was just very, very nice that time. It could now, be. But, I mean, it uh, makes sense back in back in those days where you had the three major networks and that was it. And I'm sure they saw the same people over and over for every yeah. movie that came out and, and built a rapport I'll, with them. So, Although it interestingly answered the question that they didn't always get access to all of them. But depending on where you were in the entertainment uh, tier, you would get more than one. So she got yeah. to talk to both Murray and Aykroyd, but you and I are both pretty sure uh, Ramus was sitting down with people. At Ramus that thing was, too. And that's, what's funny. So this, the, the, the other interviews that I had found uh, with again, Bobby, and I'm unfortunately can't remember her last name, but uh, she sat down with everybody, but Bill Murray, if I remember correctly. So when you go to her Vimeo page, she's got all of the interviews with the, uh, basically the entire cast, including uh, Sigourney Weaver and Ernie Hudson, just yeah. no Bill Murray. So maybe, yeah, maybe she was not uh, uh, high enough on the totem pole uh, to do it. She has interviews with Bill Murray from, uh, I want to say Caddyshack and Stripes. Oh no, Razor's Edge. I think it was, it was like Razor's Edge and Stripes, yeah. but um bobby bobby weigand that's it 
That's it, Bobby Wagon. Yeah. Yes, interestingly spelled name, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that on her Vimeo page, uh, you can check out all those, and they're great. I mean, it's the same thing like uh, Joyce's, but these are actually the raw. You you alluded to it last week. It's the the raw interview tapes. So you hear the camera guy in the background say, "Okay, we're rolling. Please state your name," and and then they're off and, and running. So. Uh, <laughs> That, I, I like that in 1984, you still had to get them to say their name. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because the other thing too, is that they would, and I think it, it was done the same way junket style back then. Like you would get a tape at the end of the day, uh, but they would just keep setting your tape aside. So they needed your name so that they could make sure they were yeah. keeping track of your tape. Uh, and then, you wouldn't get it until the end of the day. But, um, so anyway, so, uh, thanks Joyce. I, you're probably not listening to this, but thanks for reaching out to us and, and responding yeah, and setting us straight. That was pretty cool. Uh, especially since she became kind of the focal point of last week's episode. I, I, I love the fact that we got a response from her. So, uh, <laughs> very cool. Thank, thank you, Joyce. Um, all right, so let's get into the San Diego comic-con stuff. Um, so, uh, yes, we do know, uh, that we talked about, uh, Ghostbusters world is going to have a booth outside of Petco park. Uh, we know that IDW is going to have a huge presence. They're going to have their usual panels. Uh, the uh, Ghostbusters boys, uh, Eric and Dan and Tom and, and Louie, I think, are all going to be there to be signing some some comics at the booth. Um, there are some uh, merch exclusives that will be there, uh, just at least from IDW, but we haven't heard otherwise from anybody else of notables, which is interesting. Usually Ghostbusters, we can talk more about you know exclusives from SDCC, but uh, unfortunately, I don't. I don't think there have been any, which is very strange. I guess it's kind of an off year for Ghostbusters. But um, yeah. so, oh, and then there's the uh, fan event, uh, very cleverly named the Cross Rip. Uh, <laughs> so check out while you're listening to the Cross Rip, go check out the Cross Rip on uh, Facebook to make sure that you get all the details for where that's going to be at. I believe it's at the uh, the Werewolf uh, Lounge once again, as it always is. But um, mm-hmm. so so let's start with um, let's start with the Ghostbusters World thing because I think that's probably going to be the the biggest uh, news item, biggest ticket coming out of San Diego. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we were clued in, uh, by a good friend hat tip to that person, uh, on the SDCC blog, they have a great article about what they're now calling the experience. Uh, they had to put a name to all of the things that were happening in the Petco parking lot because they can't keep calling it the Petco parking lot, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're going down to the San Diego comic-con, make sure you check out the parking lot at Petco park. Uh, so they're calling it the experience at Petco park little more designed a little more marketed uh, it's a little bit more than just the the random food trucks and trailers and things that it kind of used to be uh, and it's it's it really has kind of become its own secondary little carnival uh, outside of the con um, but uh, but within that they do talk about all of the the attractions that will be at the experience. And one of those is Ghostbusters World. So they're saying that Sony Pictures Entertainment's Ghostbusters World, in collaboration with Ghost Core, the game's publisher, 433 Inc., and developer Next Age, invites attendees to experience the new augmented reality game for smartphones at its first public demo. While attendees wait their turn in line for the first chance to battle and capture the ghosts populating the experience, the experience, emphasis on, if I was Joyce, I'd put it in all caps, the experience. (laughs) Uh, they can try on authentic Ghostbusters costumes, pose with the original Ecto-1, and awe at the towering Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. So uh, it sounds like the the beta, which we thought may have been something public, maybe you got like a code or something when you went down there. You actually, 
uh, you wait in line and you're going to be able to try the game in one of their booths, uh, which they've, they've yeah. done that before. I think it was like Mad Max was uh, down there and you had to wait in line and you could play the demo of the game. And uh, Yeah, it means it's still, it's still a ways away from beta and they're basically kind of controlling access to it. That's still cool. That's but that's fine. okay. I mean, and, and people, I'm, I'm sure we'll now start to get a sense of the gameplay and, and things that are, uh, things that will be the components that make that game special. We'll start to get a sense of that from, from the con. Unfortunately, uh, like I said, you and I are not going. Um, so maybe we can see some video or something and, and chat about it, uh, next week. But, um, also very cool that they're taking the original Ecto one down there. Again, the, the Petco parking lot has a little bit of breathing room, a little bit of space. So it's nice that the car will be out there and you can go yep. take some photos with it. Hopefully, uh, you know, uh, all of the, uh, I know like the OC ghostbusters, the Southland ghostbusters, uh, ghostbusters of SoCal. I know they're all going to be down there. So maybe they can do a big group picture in front of the Ectomobile. That would be pretty cool. But um, so, yeah, if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, check that out. Uh, take photos, take video, loop us in at the CrossRip. Not not the party, the podcast, the CrossRip. Um, oh, hey, okay, so let's talk about the uh, the IDW stuff. Um, Tom Waltz did tease some Ghostbusters exclusive merch at the IDW booth. Uh, have you seen what that is? Do you know what that is? Do they have, like, exclusive covers or uh, I, releases That would be my guess, but no, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. I'm I'm hoping that they're going to have more uh, hard covers of Mass Hysteria, which I know a lot of people are on the hunt for, and inexplicably mm-hmm. is outrageously priced now on eBay because it's out of print. Um, so it's uh, it's it's quickly becoming Ghostbusters: The Return for some people that they haven't picked it up, they wanted to read it uh, and have it in their collection, and now it's a book that costs like three hundred dollars. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully maybe they have a, a limited run that they can sell or, you know, put those in their booths, uh, at the, the comic cons, especially with all the wizard world stuff. It would make sense to put, put a dozen or so out if they still have that overstock. But, yeah. um, so again, we'll report back with the news is that there is no news. We don't know what those exclusives are. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's, we'll find out there. The, it's starting to roll today. The floodgates broke open on, on San Diego comic-con stuff. So yeah. Yeah. And, and th- come, you know, preview day on Wednesday and Thursday, we'll start. <coughs> start seeing more. That's, come out. Yeah. that's usually stay tuned. You know, next episode is actually going to be our, our book club, but um, you know, maybe we'll do a little bit of news that we can tack on to the, the beginning yeah. of the book club and we'll do it before our Ontario friends join us at four in the morning. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll make sure to get get back to you guys because I remember like San Diego Comic Con. That's when we saw the Blitzway stuff and we had no idea it was coming. And yeah, I, I'm sure there will be surprises that we don't know about. So we'll we'll, we'll try to keep you guys in the loop. There always is. There always is. Um, all right. So let what else? Oh, uh, hook and ladder number eight. Uh, you know we did see them take the scaffolding down. We had seen photos of of the remodeled, revamped, uh, refurbished, uh, firehouse in Tribeca looking wonderful after God, it's been years now. It feels like that it was under scaffolding, but it wasn't really actually that long. Um, but, uh, they've done their kind of, uh, official reopening, grand reopening, so to speak. And they have this yeah. wonderful, no ghost banner that welcomes them back hanging from the, the window right above the, uh, the bay doors. And uh, people have been taking some great photos of the exterior. It looks like they really did a bang-up job on, you know, just giving it a good refresh, uh, giving it a, a, a facelift, a building facelift, so to speak. I haven't yeah, seen the, I, the interior, though. That's no, what I'm really curious I, about, man. Exactly. Plus, I also um, want to go and jump up and down on the, the new floor and all that. See how it holds up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just see. Just see if it if it holds me and the fire truck, you know. 
That's right. It's it's rated to a fire truck, but not a fire truck but and a person. So. Not a person who just had in and out <laughs> for dinner. So yeah, it could could be could be a little dicey. But um, so yeah. So if you are visiting uh, Hook and Ladder number eight, uh, take tons of pictures. Uh, they're very kind about showing you the inside and giving you a tour. If you want to go inside, ask questions because it seems like it's super high tech and they've they've done a lot of work to the inside. So. Uh, very, very curious about that. So uh, again, we're, we're reaching out to you, the listeners to report back to us and tell us what's happening. The, the news needs to know. Um, but one thing we did have a great, uh, listener report back on, we'll, we'll end on this and we can start talking about crossing over, but, uh, Stingray, who is one of those faithful listeners who is always kind enough to, when he sees something, send it our way, um, brought to our attention that the void is going to be expanding to even more locations. Uh, uh-huh. Thanks to a deal that they've made in Canada with uh, Cineplex. And so they have uh, granted exclusive licensing rights to Cineplex in Canada uh, to put in uh, void installations where they see fit. And they're going to start with five locations, uh, one of which I think you, you saw was in Edmonton. Is that is that confirmed? The, oh, the it's another rec room. At VR whatever. Yeah, Cineplex. So for people who are not familiar with Canada, I don't know. What's your big uh, theater It's like chain? AMC. AMC? I, would, I yeah. would equate it to like an AMC. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's, it's all the multiplexes uh, and most everything is a multiplex now. Uh, and they've been looking for ways to kind of branch it out. In the 90s, they'd build a, a multiplex and then they'd build on like the game center next to it, which. Yeah. You know. A little arcade or something. <clears throat> yeah. And then they threw those out and then they build the standalone multiplexes and they were all posh. And then they went, wait, no, we need more money. So they carved out <laughs> space in the lobby to put what games back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of that. But anyways, they, they have a, this new concept, which is, and as far as I can understand, I think it goes hand in hand with something they've had up here for a few years now. It was kind of their initial first answer to, like places like the Alamo Draft House and all that, where you can get food and, and yeah, they've got like the bar drinks. and the restaurant detached and yeah, exactly. Yeah, so a lot of the cineplexes they 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 took, you know, two or four screens, uh, in the bigger ones. So the ones that had like twelve screens, they said, fine, these four are now VIP ones, and they built a way to block off the hall to it and put in a restaurant. And yeah, you could and and big big cushiony seats and uh, great, pay a premium for it. Um, this seems to be the next step. I haven't read too much into it, but the rec room is kind of bringing it all together where it's, you know, Cineplex, new run movies, uh, posh, uh, you know, you got restaurant and booze and posh seats to go watch in. And they bring back in some of that, that, uh, well, the rec room, you're playing games. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and the first one they set up in Toronto, they put a void in, which, you know, makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it, it relatively it doesn't take up that much space either. Once once you actually play through it, it's it's probably you know, the the equivalent of uh, like half of a, a school gymnasium or something. They don't have it, maybe it takes up one of the theaters that they've converted or something. Uh, something, but, yeah, yeah. But then the article said that, and again, <laughs> I wish I had the time and energy to do to do entertainment journalism again because they're just driving me nuts with the questions they're not asking. <laughs> So they're like, five new ones to Canada. And then in badly worded ones, they go, oh, and they're going to open up a new rec room uh, with a void in Edmonton. It's like, great. Is that one of the five? Is that five one of the five? Or? Yeah. I mean, I got the impression from that. It was it was an article in VR Focus, uh, but That's I got the, the impression from it that 
uh, these were just the first five to start anyway, so that they were going to try, try this as, uh, their first, uh, wave or, you know, whatever yeah. phase one, uh, because be I'm more. sure it costs money to convert things and build it in and, oh, yeah, and all yeah, that jazz. Yeah, yeah. They got to do it in stages. But, um, I mean the good, the good news, speaking of questions that are left unanswered in other articles, mainly the last time they announced a void expansion. This one in particular does mention Ghostbusters dimension being a part of mm. these five that are open. So that's specifically. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters dimension and the star Wars one. So, which I'm assuming is the one that's running in Disneyland. In Disneyland. It yeah, it is. So, and, and so the funny thing too, is because void had just announced a new gameplay experience, uh, about a month ago. I think it's like a, a, a puzzle adventure quest kind of game, uh, with their own IP and their own story and which makes a whole lot of sense. And yeah. that actually got me really scared that all of these void locations were not going to have the ghostbusters thing because that's, you know, then they've got to pay into the license and everybody takes their little piece of the pie. But if void opens yeah. with their thing, uh, then, you know, the, the world is theirs, but it does seem like they're still going to continue to do the Ghostbusters, uh, experience, uh, which is nice. Yeah. I'm glad that that's still going to be supported. Here's what I like about the VR, uh, experience is that for all intents and purposes, what you're doing is, um, you're, it's like dressing a stage, but you don't have to worry about painting anything. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. so basically it it's not as say so if Madame Tussauds, for example, the first place that took in the void, you know, if it decides that it it's it's full up, but it wants to add, uh, you know, a new new figures, it's got to pull out a display somewhere, which means it's got to pull yeah. out the figures, it's got to take care of them. They've They're, dressed they the get, back of the, the back the and, set all that, and all which that, which would stuff, have to be yeah. all built out. Whereas all the void needs is it doesn't even have to be highly detailed. It just has to be precisely placed. And frankly, that's not a big deal. So if what they have is gray walls, which I, we've seen some of the pictures, they just have these simple gray walls. If they've done it right, they basically just can move all that around. And as yeah, long as they- Move the furniture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, move, the furn- <laughs> move the walls around to the- No, seriously. Like it just- So I, I think our concern was is that- you know, if something came and then went, we'd never see it again. But I, I don't. I honestly think that the, the advantage of the void is they'll go, they'll they'll pull a Disney, which is, you know, at some point, voids may go. Oh, the Ghostbusters one's not running here. It's you know, it's been shelved for now. Yeah, it's going into the vault for now. And then now. three and years then later, Halloween, yeah, yeah, on Halloween it comes out, or in three years when whatever they're showing is starting to run a little cold. They bring back out Ghostbusters and they go for one month only and everybody goes, oh my God. And, you know, it goes nuts. So, yeah. Oh, well. uh, I mean, and it's cool that it's, I mean, five locations, they'll probably uh, strategically place them. And in fact, you ran a, a, a Twitter poll uh, trying to figure out where Canadians <laughs> wanted them to go. As it turned out. <laughs> well, but still, I mean, I, it, the, the answers that you got from that were exactly what I expected. You know, Vancouver being the runaway uh, lead, I believe, last time I, I checked. I picked, I picked, you can only, Twitter polls only let you put four in. So I picked four that I thought made sense. Um, so I put in Vancouver, I put in Montreal, I put in Calgary, because of course Edmonton's getting one, but you know, Calgary is kind of a biggish town too, yeah, especially, yeah. you know, the comic convention there and all that sort of thing. And then it, it was kind of, um, you know, in terms of the Maritimes, 
Halifax is kind of the the place where most likely to get one to cover the Maritimes. So right, uh, you know, no offense to Manitoba or Saskatchewan or anything like that, but um, it, it, I thought those were the most likely centers that they might target, and I just wanted to pe- what, see what people said and. Uh, it was not a huge poll, uh, but the few people that responded, uh, Vancouver, uh, was in the lead by just a little bit, 38%. Montreal followed and Halifax and Calgary were tied. Well, so Vancouver makes a whole lot of, I mean, just based upon tourism and, uh, proximity to the, to the yep. Northern part of the U S and, uh, you know, Vancouver makes a whole lot of sense to me. It is we have, Canada's we have, warmest city. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, it, it's Canada's steam grate, as I'd like to call it. Um, the, uh, the history of Vancouver for special, uh, audio video experience stuff goes back quite a ways. Like we had the first IMAX. Oh, is that for true? Expo. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ah. That's right. But that's again, yeah. Expo, Expo is something that you know. Uh, Sorry, not not IMAX, uh, uh, Omnimax. Oh, Omnimax. Okay, I was going to say the, but the super super giant screen IMAX. Uh, but that was still early days. IMAX was only a few screens at that point. Yeah. And then they they really took off after they did the the Omnimax. The Omnimax is actually still there at Science World. You can yeah. you can go see it. I went with my parents once uh, after Expo. I don't remember if I saw anything at Expo. But the video they were playing was all about beavers. I never want to see the mating habits of beavers eight stories tall. I was going to say, projected to the side Uh. of the building. Yeah. (laughs) But they were also, it was also, uh, there was uh, an IMAX screen was put in later down uh, uh, by Canada Pacific, uh, the convention center there. And it was one of the first, again, Cineplex picked it up and started putting IMAXs in all of the Cineplexes so you could go see it. Hmm. But before they had done all that, uh, some of the earliest movies that they were like, and here's the Cineplex, you know, the Omnimax or the IMAX version or whatever. It was done at uh, Vancouver there. Yeah, we got a history of yeah. this stuff. All right. Well, then it only yeah. makes sense. And it hopefully only and it's close sense. to you. So, uh, you know, po- it bonus, begs the qu- special yeah. advice. It begs the question, though, like where – I've been trying to think where they might put it. The thing is, is Cinemax is slowly kind of uh, bought up all um, – all, all the big multiplexes. There was one that I think Famous Players owned it for the longest time, and then as of recently, now Cineplex even owns it, and it's the International Village, uh, which is kind of uh, it's hard to say. It's down near the the stadiums, and you know, yeah, I was gonna say, isn't there's like a big building as you're driving across that bridge, and you see the the Whitecap Stadium and the the Canucks Stadium, like the, yeah. the isn't there like a and I feel like that was an IMAX or something. Like there's a big building there that looks like a huge place where they would have plenty of room. But I don't remember uh, if that's a Cineplex or not. It looks like a golf ball or yeah, that, yeah. That's, oh, that's the Science Center. Oh, <laughs> that's the Science okay. World. Damn it. There's right, a there but go. very very close to that, like a almost practically you know it's a block away, kitty corner to one of the to the, uh, the arena GM place or whatever it is. Um, and it's a mall and it's a good mall in a place that just has never quite gotten the traffic. Like it's in a weird gentrified area that hasn't quite caught fire. And what kicked off the gentrification in the area was this mall. And that was like nearly 20 plus years ago. And it's been this slow burn where it's like, 
it has this big like eight screen movie theater upstairs that was its key thing and then <laughs> so it has like the bottom level it's about 50 percent uh well it's it's oh at any given time it's full of of re- uh, of stores yeah but about half of them are always kind of moving in and out like none of them seem to be able to they kind of fly by stay. night stores yeah yeah but it's too good of a place and and over the years uh apartments have gone up around it so it's continued to survive and it's right on a train line and for the longest time it was like one of the cheap cinema and then it was like the 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 odd movie like there weren't many places for uh you know not art house but kind of the not also what the cineplex was looking for yeah exactly all that sort of thing and it was bringing and it kept going it had a half decent food cart and stuff like this and but the mid-level like let's put it this way there was so much space upstairs in the the mid-level between the uh, Prana Games, uh, game dev studio here in town. Uh, I think they're working on the MechWarrior game or something like that. But uh, they there was there was a big arcade in there, and it didn't survive. And it's their office now. Like the middle layer is art galleries and like offices. It's just it was never supposed to be that way. They wanted to be this big mall and never survived. But here's my thinking: that place is perfect. Like there is. Like you have the, they can't do anything up where the cinemas are, but literally one floor down underneath them, there are all these spaces that they could take over easily. Yeah, they just need a, put a, a, a strip mall uh, sized store and they're good to go yeah. basically. Yeah. So that, that is my, I'm putting podcast bet. Uh, oh, if it does come to Vancouver yeah, and I think, I think that's a safe bet. I think it's going to end up at International Village because all the other, there's a new multiplex that they put in, and you know, uh, it, which is you know near the train line, but it was not built with the void in mind. So there's its spaces take like it's just, or yeah. they're too far outside of town, like because they like to build the big big ones, you know, with the big parking lots that you have to drive to and all that. Right, this one, right. This still, one seems still perfect. in the city limits, and yeah, well, that's it's, uh, it's downtown. It's right on the train line. It's got park like good parking for people who do drive there. It's just. You know, uh, tourism is kind of floating around in that area. It just feels like that's probably the place they'll do it. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I feel like if they aren't looking at that space, maybe you should uh, send them a tweet. <laughs> no, they're on their own. <laughs> Besides, that, I'll take 10%. That would, that's right. That would be unfairly influencing my podcast bet. Uh, I guess that's true. I so. mean, there's nothing against, we don't have anything in the bylaws that says that you can't do that, but... Hell, there's uh, nothing in the bylaw that forces us to check whether we're right either, because I think we've made about a, a dozen of them and no. never bothered to check the results. My, so. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, there's there's a part of me that hopes that Michael Tanaka somewhere somehow has a notebook that he's just keeping track of all of the podcast bets. And <laughs> hi, everyone. This is Ross May calling from Saskatchewan, right in the middle between Vancouver and the Ontario Ghostbusters. I noticed something in Ghostbusters' daughter that might actually tie into that 1984 TV spot that was recently shown online. This is getting towards the end of the book, but Violet mentions that she and her mom called Dan Aykroyd Uncle Roy, probably because Roy is in there towards the end of his name. Aykroyd? Anyway... I'm half wondering if that inspired Dan and Harold to name his character Ray Stance. That sounds a bit weird to change the name and all, but that's actually Ghosts. You learn that the Sedgwick Hotel is probably named after a couple into spiritualism called the Sidgwicks. They're just spelled a bit different. 
so I might be reaching a bit on that, but what I'm really, really thinking is that when Bill Murray gets Dan's character's name wrong and calls him Roy in that interview, he might really be thinking of what Violet calls Dan Aykroyd. Anyway, that's a lot of suppositions here on my part, but something for other people to chew on. Keep up the good work. All right, well, uh, I want to give us plenty of time to talk about crossing over, so let's right. let's venture into that territory. So uh, it goes without saying, if you have not read Crossing Over number four from IDW, this is uh, your train stop. Spoilers. Yep, uh, hop hop off here. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Make sure, if, if you are hopping off the show, make sure that you check the social media because we're going to be doing the book club, and we want you to participate in that. So I will hammer that home after this as well. But, uh, yeah, uh, here we go. Let's talk crossing over number four. What should have happened last week? We gave you plenty of time because we needed extra time to uh, to read it. And it turns out it's a wonderful issue. It's such a great issue that uh, it, it's it reminds me of the annual where we had all of those differing sort of views on uh, Ghostbusters and different sort of art styles. Um, that I often forget that I'm just, it's Dan. It's only Dan doing the art on this, which is incredible. And, and of mm-hmm. course, I'm sure he's getting plenty of help from from this, the rest of the team, but uh, the fact that this this poor, poor soul is juggling all of the different art styles of all of the characters, then he's got the added challenge now that in this issue he's got to do like a Saturday morning, I'm sorry, like a, a Sunday morning cartoon strip uh, from the newspaper yeah. and sort of a, uh, a black and white, very contrasty uh, horror noir look. Um it's just it's oh oh and then the the I'll I'll call it gothy I'll say gothy look uh, that uh, the Kylies are supposed to be uh, you know warmly uh, invited into because it's it's their kind of thing it's I it within twenty two pages the amount of variation that you see in the artwork is is genuinely impressive I mean that's yeah I I, I know Dan doesn't sleep much and I know that he's out doing conventions right now so I I worry for his safety Dan. Dan, I worry about you, man. Are you okay? Do you need, <laughs> you need a sandwich? You, know what? you need he, some sleep? He, he doesn't need our thoughts and prayers. What he needs is for us to tell people, if you're going to a convention and Dan's there, you do something for that man. See if you can run and get him a coffee or something. Get him a coffee. Uh, just tuck a pillow underneath his yeah. arm uh, so that he can either rest his arm or better yet, uh, put his head down and t- take a nap. Yeah. Get the crowd clapping or something. <laughs> just give them a good job, man. Something, something like that. Yeah, it's just so that I mean, the art. That's that's really what I walked away from this particular issue with, and and the previous issues absolutely because he does have these characters standing next to each other, which is always the joy of of something like this. Like there is one panel in this this particular issue where you see the proton packs from behind, and you see the answer the call pack, the real Ghostbusters pack, uh, and I think it's the. The Sanctum of Slime Pack. Sanctum of Slime Pack. Yeah, exactly. We're, and it's just cool to see them all side by side by side. Um, the, to, to the point where, again, it just, we're just spoiled by the amount of detail. Because any other artist could just throw a little, like a, a square with what looks like a cyclotron on it and be like, that's the pack, you know? But the tension to detail that Dan puts into these is just mind blowing. So mm-hmm. that's that was my biggest uh, my biggest takeaway. What, what, what did you walk away with uh, from issue four, Chris? Uh, <laughs> everything I, I it was mo- i was mostly uh ruined by uh eric talking about what the the reference was because <laughs> his was kinda, tweet yeah yeah because i went in and not that it needed much to 
to notice, but it's kind of like I, I'm looking at it going, yeah, I I get it. It's not a Bill and Ted reference. Bill and Ted re- is is the it same as this. It's a, a reference, reference to yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 then I got to appreciate that it was layered very very heavily because um, it's happening. Uh, the factory they're at, it, they call it Elsagor, but it's it's obviously a reference to uh, no, strange brew, strange right? brew, yeah, Elsinore yeah. beer, and which of course has uh, a Max von Sydow in it. So it's kind of like Ghostbusters Two has Max von Sydow. <laughs> we brought <laughs> Death back with Max von Sydow, yeah, in a set with that movie. With Max von Sydow. That's again the the amount of attention and detail that is poured into these. Like guys, I oh my god, and <laughs> and without like the the brewery was something that I I latched onto on my second read because I kind of I I read through it uh, now you know from cover to cover so that I get the full story and then I go back and I start looking for all of the Dan Easter eggs uh, because I I get too caught up <laughs> in Dan Easter eggs and I start losing uh, track of the story. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so if, if you don't know what we're talking about, there is that, uh, you know, death being challenged, uh, to a game in order to play for your soul. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Eric, Eric on the actual release date on Wednesday, uh, sent out a tweet to everybody saying that it, it was not a Bill and Ted's bogus journey reference. It was actually the seven seal reference. Yeah. And, and when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, they're going to. They're gonna run into death, aren't they? <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, that kind of got spoiled. But but it was still a lot of fun. I mean, what didn't get spoiled for me were all of the interactions with Robo Buster. Uh, is it Mike? Mike the Golem? Yeah, uh, there's lots of little ones like uh, uh, RGB Egon going. I was led to believe that you couldn't speak. I've been upgraded. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, and, and the little interactions with the 8-bit sprite uh, Ghostbusters, uh, where yeah. they just kind of make their little, you know, noises. Uh, yeah, the little Nintendo uh, on-screen on text, but no no room for a voice clip. So it just had a... Yeah, I mean, and the voices, the voices, it's Eric, one of Eric's biggest strengths is he can capture all of the voices to a T. But... You know, getting uh, Eduardo talking to real Ghostbusters Winston, uh, yeah. the whole thing with real Ghostbusters Winston and Prime Winston, realizing that one went in the Air Force and one was You know what they say in the Marine Corps? I don't know. I was in the, <laughs> Air, Force. In the Air Force. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, it's just a, like that means nothing to anybody else, but it's, an in, it's, it's a fantastic nod to hardcore fans because that's, of course, one of these weird little weird little canon inconsistencies where they somewhere's along the line it's it's never been clear where he landed like it's it's just a it's it's a weird quirk with yeah, winston we, that we know that he was a serviceman but we don't know in what division now uh you yeah. know that it's like real ghostbuster said he was in the air force uh there were other sources i think but there the, were, the book i think one of the books maybe yeah, mentioned that uh, yeah. i think it was ghostbusters the return because then he goes back and he gets his doctorate and um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice, especially with Tiamat coming back. Uh, there are some great Winston references in there, uh, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, uh, in, in the foreboding, uh, prelude, we do get that sort of, that there were grave consequences for Winston the last time that this particular entity, uh, was, was encountered. Um, so there's, there's good Winston stuff in there. And then there, there's the rivalry between Air Force and Marines that as soon as both Winstons realize that they were in opposite uh, service branches, they start poking fun at each other. Well, yeah, only yep. a jarhead would come up with that. You know, uh, I love that kind of stuff. So, 
Um, good, good Winston moments. The Kylie moments. Because, again, you've got these characters talking to each other. So you've yeah. got extreme Ghostbusters Kylie talking to uh, uh, Prime Kylie, who says, what is it? Is my jam? Hold on. Let me find the page. She says, something is my jam. And extreme Ghostbusters Kylie says, like, my jam? I, you say stuff yeah. like that? <laughs> oh, sunshine is my jam. Sunshine then, is my jam. That's right. Yeah, you don't seriously say my jam, though. Tell me you don't. <laughs> um, uh, oh, God. And even on that same page is the uh, the real Ghostbusters Vankman uh, hitting on Aaron Gilbert from Answer the Call. Uh, yeah. put, putting the moves on her, and she's not having any of it. Um, so, I mean, a, a great issue. Uh, this This is exactly what I was really hoping for out of Crossing Over, that we really didn't get in those first... We got yeah. hints of it in the first three issues, but you know they really ramped things up to the point that everybody walked through the portal, and then they had the wonderful idea to shuffle them uh, so that it wasn't just the answer the call team in one universe and just the real Ghostbusters team in yeah, another universe. Force them, force them to interact in weird ways. Yeah, which which it totally yields all of these great moments uh, that that really stick out. So uh, I was, I got a good laugh at the headless horseman who. Uh, <laughs> Uh, given the timing, because I've also been watching uh, Archer Danger Island, it's all I can think of with this pumpkin is is Archer wandering around going, uh, "Once you go coconut, uh, I'll mean nothing unless you've you've, you've been watching it." But uh, uh, I have not. I have not been watching Danger Island. Uh, yeah. he, he, end, he ends up uh, no clothes at some point, so he improvises, which basically amounts to. Uh, hanging a, a hollowed-out coconut around his junk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the headless horseman has got a, a, a an oddly placed uh, jack o' lantern. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, that that's. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's just never I mind. If that's on per- I, you know, I didn't even notice that until you pointed that out, and and then the the, the dialogue blue next to it was look out. Now gives it a, a totally different double entendre that it, was not there before. Um, see, I will what, say, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what I was focused on was, you know, Peter is the one that gets grabbed by the headless horseman by the hair. And then everybody makes a comment like, how is his hair not tearing out? But I was thinking like they encountered a headless motorcyclist. I, th- I thought there was going to be some sort of a comment on, on there. Like, yeah, from Peter about that. But, uh, now, now I'm just fixated on the archer joke here. I wonder if that's purposeful, Dan, probably not. Dan, did you do that on purpose? Yes. Well, Mr. Tanaka will be along to tell us shortly, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, why would the pumpkin be there? Well, it, I mean, be between your hand? legs is a good place to hold on to something if you're... But the horse is like bucking, you know, f- uh, bucking forward. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know, man. Don't look at it too hard. <laughs> I'm um, stuck on it now. <laughs> the... Uh, the same as previous times, though. Like, I thought I was impressed with the the explanatory write up on the uh, the the 8-bit ghostbusters 16-bit ghostbusters yeah 8-bit? oh yeah no they're 8-bit yeah the 8-bit guys uh, yeah the 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 write up on the 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 knockoff anime ones yeah uh, it's yeah. fantastic a, it's fantastic that they committed to <laughs> Like it was one thing early on, like to give a nod to the filmation Ghostbusters, but obviously that has a clear copyright holder that they couldn't run the joke uh, into the trade paperbacks. Whereas in this one, it's like, well, they're doing a 
unsolicited lift of our copyrights. So I think we have room to do a lift back of theirs without worrying too much about it. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I also love the fact that the first note is that it's a, a highly stylized reality. Like, yes, it, that's a really great way to explain if you're living in an anime world, uh, which I, I think is kind of funny because they, they do sort of um, allude to that in the very beginning of, of the, the issue when they're talking about landing in this Norman Rockwell Sunday uh, morning paper world. Like, how, how must they look to the other people within that universe? They must look yeah. totally bizarre, totally goofy. Um, they kind of covered but, that where they basically said because they look vaguely human, people just think they're kind of weird looking. They're just but weird not, looking. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of um, funny looking, but they're, it's not like everybody's going, oh my God, aliens or anything like that. But then at the like when you have the, the little 8-bit sprites uh, that appear, don't you kind of scratch your head and go, what the hell? What? <laughs> I don't understand. Yes. Well, I what? do like that in the shuffle. Like, I, <laughs> we're on to you, Burnham. <laughs> like, the shuffling was a, like, it's a nice way to let the various characters mix and match. And, you know, from that, that sort of conflict and chaos, we get good stuff. Oh, and it also lets us put all the weird ones on one team. <laughs> so, so, so the rock golem, the the sentient robot, and the house spirits. We'll put them on one team. And yeah, then, they're on good. one team, and they're the most efficient team. That was the yes. other fun thing about that is like all the other teams are doing their infighting and bickering and banter and you know trying to figure things out and taking readings. Well, meanwhile, the three of them have filled all of their traps and have to go back to base because. They've done, they've done so much damn work that they need to keep doing more. Um, but uh, uh, hang on, here I'm looking at. Oh, okay, Helsin Helsingor is what they call the the factory. Oh, Helsingor, yeah, yeah. The clearest what? is the one that's backwards, and I didn't really read that before. And now I'm looking at uh, it. Oh, Helsingor. Um, yeah, Although the funny true. part it's, is, I'm looking at it, it looks vaguely like the courtyard to. Um, uh, Willy Wonka as well. The, with the gates, that's that's the one that I was looking at because the that's on the same page the where Winston with the stacks. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no. Um, so uh, here's here's a question for you: the Sanctum of Slime guys. I don't really remember much about their backstory. I mean, I do remember that Janos factored into that game yeah. and he kind of went mad and something happened that he got possessed again. Um, but there's, there's a panel where they really make a point where, um, Oh shoot. The guy in the baseball hat. Uh, let me go to my dramatic. Is that Alan? Uh, he, he makes a point to mention that, you know, I know you from the future and I know that you're not my, my Egon Spangler. Yeah. Was Egon in sanctum of slime? I don't remember that at all. I don't remember all. him being there either, but it's been such a long time since I kind of started playing it and never finished. I'm uh, yeah. Sad to say, I mean. It, it, I mean, the, the problem was the, the story behind the game, because the IDW team had worked on it, the story was great. It was just the gameplay was so tedious. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't really recall seeing Egon, or I don't even remember how that story resolved, if I even finished it. To be completely honest, <laughs> so I I I was under the impression that they existed in a world where the original four Ghostbusters did not exist. Oh, you know where a great place to look. Hmm. Maybe do you have so, do you have something to uh, talk about to stall while I look? I'll try to find the Tom Waltz trading card for him. 
if sure, there's go been for one. It. Oh, maybe there hasn't been one yet. No, it doesn't look like there no, has. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I get the impression, though, he's he's giving, even compared to some others, like the Kylies didn't got some good lines, but not a lot. Whereas Sam and Bridget and uh, uh, what's his name there that we just talked about? Alan. Yeah. Alan Crendel. Uh, they all, they've all been chattering away. Like it's, it's almost like it's an opportunity to fill out these. You know, these semi-hollow avatars that didn't really get a shot in the game. Uh, There's a little bit, but now now they get to fill out a bit. Like, Yeah, we actually get to get to know them a little bit. And I, and I know that they give are Give them some character, pre- right? Yeah. Which is something that didn't really come out in the game because, you know. There it was, was in those cutscenes. Limit, limited narrative, yeah. yeah. Um, and they weren't even cutscenes. It was almost like motion comics, um, which motion is not comics, a bad thing, exactly. but yeah, totally yeah. different. But um, so uh, Tom Waltz alluded on on Twitter today that uh, in in forthcoming issues, there's going to be another Ghostbuster that joins them. Uh, and I believe is it is it the the female Ghostbuster from was it Displaced Aggression? Yeah. She has the cool the cool mohawk. The mohawk. She's from the fe- the future. Um, looks like they've got some great pencil art for her that she's going to somehow, uh, build into the fray here. Um, she, we kind of speculate about this because I think she showed up on one of the, the variant covers. Did she not? She, I think in one of those big group shots, if I remember yeah, correctly. We were t- yeah. We were talking about her recently in, in recent times there. So, so it's, it's good that that's going to be happening. Uh, uh, I was wondering because, you know, there was that whole discussion about future past. Is this a form of time travel, even though they're coming from different dimensions? How does that explain that there's an older Egon Spangler with a younger Egon Spangler? Yeah. Um, what she, what she's going to end up doing is she's going to basically place the pre shoning Ghostbusters, I think in their own some sort of other alternate universe alternate alter yeah another timeline i think because they don't quite the old stories don't quite fit with the new stories yeah well and i almost wonder if we're kind of building toward uh, i mean i i know that we've we've made this comparison before the crisis on infinite earths where you know we've got all of these 52 realities uh all of a sudden we're going to merge them into one uh, because there's that whole preamble with Tiamat at the beginning where they're talking about that they're they're traveling through these dimensions all willy-nilly. They have no idea how their molecules are, are affecting uh, the, the, the ethereal plane, the whatever the universe, the cosmic universe may be. Um, there was that one panel. Let's see. Oh, their atoms, the totality of their being, get torn apart and shunted into another universe and they use this technology with impunity, they place their complete faith in science. But what if something strange were to happen? So I'm, I'm, again, I know we talked about this in, I think it was 101 in our discussion about Ghostbusters 101. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're building towards one universe. I wonder if now we're going to end up with that weird merged, like, here's anybody and everybody all under one you know, uh, reality universe, uh, plane, whatever we want to call it. Um, so that they all can interact from this point forward. Uh, but it's a reality where we have like four different versions of Egon and two Kylie's and two Winston or f- f- like four Winston's. Um, uh, yeah, I it- don't know. Oh, hang on. Rachel Unglater. Rachel. That's it. Rachel. Unglater. Oh, here we go. 
because I don't remember Displaced Aggression. It's been a long, long time. But uh, thanks to Ghostbusters Wikia, Rachel Ungleiter was the daughter of the demon Kozarai and half-sister of Gozer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Rachel was a terrestrially bound demigod, but is now a normal human female. Oh, God, I completely forgot about that relation. So not only is it cool that she's coming back, yeah, it's gonna that's gonna get messed up. Yeah, you're gonna have uh, her and Tiamat face to face. Oh, that's interesting. God, I I need to go back and reread Displaced Aggression. Speaking of those right? hardcovers, those wonderful tomes, uh, if you've got them, they're yeah. such a great resource to just go back and reread that stuff. But um, yeah, I I mean, there is some cool foreshadowing, some cool. Uh, and, and it may be like me now reading too much into the pumpkin on the head, of the horseman's crotch, <laughs> um, oh, sorry, it may be I reading too much head. into it, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like they are building towards something big here. Um, and, 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 and Tiamat hasn't even really shown herself yet. Hip, her, it's itself, itself, whatever she wants to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We still have we still have a couple issues to go, so that's good. We have we have plenty of time, but I, I do think that this is kind of guiding the direction of where the IDW series will will go from this point forward. You know, maybe it will be a. Meanwhile, on sixty eight R, we'll just be seeing all of these stories, and they'll all be intertwined, and they'll be sending messages back and forth to each other uh, using the wrist communicators. Which, hey, if you are cosplaying and you're not building one of those wrist communicators, get on that. Those things look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. Is there anything else that we can, uh, can discuss on to this particular, um, I don't know. I we do had some notes. Overcompensation. We did have some notes from Mr. Tanaka and I can't remember why, cause we hadn't talked about the book. Uh, but, he, uh, he had written to us, uh, just to say, <laughs> to reach out to him, uh, if, if we had any questions about the book. So, uh, oh, right. He yeah, didn't have so, answers. He was asking us ahead of time. <laughs> Yeah, he, <laughs> as as opposed to uh, to Michael sending us his uh, six a.m. Uh, email on Monday yeah. morning, I think he was trying to cut us off at the pass, uh, so that uh, guys don't say things that are wrong, so I don't have to correct you. <laughs> Just ask uh, me. Kozarai is an interdimensional demon, interdimensional yep. demon yep. warlord, and the father of Gozer. Uh, he was so furious at the Ghostbusters for destroying his son. Interesting. Uh, that he banished them to different time eras. Eventually, the Ghostbusters returned to the present day and defeated Kozarai with help from his daughter, Rachel Ungler. Yeah, because see, now we got to read it just to, like, what happened to her? Did she ride off into the sunset or disappear or... Yeah, well, and how does death mm. feature into all of this, too? I guess that's the other big question, because that we're, we're left with some uncertainty there that, you know, uh, e- Egon and Death challenge each other to a game for their souls uh, and and Death pulls the card, well, I get to pick my opponent and I pick Eduardo. Um, yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, it's a black and white noirish, filmy kind of universe. It's got references to now one, two, uh, maybe three at least movies like so it's kind of movie based i mean it could just be could yeah, just but be I, I feel like de- i mean i guess you're right it could just be they're just going to beat death and then they're going to move on their way maybe uh but i i don't know again uh knowing 
uh, you know, knowing knowing that all of the characters are kind of coming out of the woodwork, is there going to be an instance where death is able to uh, bring somebody back? Uh, well, let's see here. Lost? Um, the, this is the great part I have about having the wiki open is I can go have a look. So IDW has a listing for death in the wiki. Uh, the occupation is, are you ready? Manage excess PKE. Yeah, that's so, right. Well, with all the stuff with with uh, Egon from previously, right? When yeah. Egon died, yeah. And of course, their containment unit has emptied into different universes and which has shed excess PKE, PKE into meter. all of the different universes. Yeah. Appeared in Ghostbusters Volume One Number Eight and Ghostbusters Volume One Number Fifteen. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's got a whole bunch of. Trying to figure out. Yeah. After Egon was killed by Lofter Porsteinson, uh, then resurrected by Abel, death had to come to a decision. Death ruled that Egon wasn't supposed to, ha- supposed to have survived and set his full attention on him. So, yeah. Something. This may have just basically been an excuse for that death has been waiting for to come back and harass Egon again. Yeah, possibly. Uh, or or he's been called into action because of, you're right, the containment unit breach uh, may yeah. may have sort of brought him out. I, I Again, I was thinking maybe, you know, being that it might be Winston-centric here soon, um, that there's a good good chance that uh, maybe a long-lost love may be coming back. Maybe. But, uh, Egon believes death has the power to siphon excess PKE from this dimensional plane. Death had to power had the power to disperse even the mega spook with one blow and demonstrated the power to travel vast distances in seconds. Uh, um, yeah. So death death is going to help them siphon everything back. Yeah, and Maybe that's what's going to happen. Can, He's going to yeah. be the conduit that gets everything that they're not able to contain uh, back into the containment unit and. There's a note here Restore that Christian balance. Jones was going to explore a bit more of the science of behind death, but ran out of pages. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, uh, isn't that always the case? Eric Burnham, if you're listening, isn't that always the case there? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, buh, 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 buh. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, there are lots, lots of great threads here, lots of uh, possible things that could be explored for other side stories. But that's the other nice thing, too, is once Crossing Over finishes, there could be some one-offs where we see... Yeah. Uh, th- things that we were not able to see within those pages. Speaking of running out of room. Appearances. Um, appearances. So issue eight, issue 15, as mentioned, and then issue four of Ghostbusters 101 mentioned by Winston, like in a discussion with Patty, death comes up. So there was a bit of uh, them foreshadowing this return as well. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Same, same thing with 101. I feel like now having read crossing over, I need to go back and give that another, another reread. Uh, it's nice, it's nice to have a note saying, again. not to be confused with uh, the Grim Reaper slash death as appeared in the UK Marvel comic <laughs> Real Ghostbusters issue 18 or the now comics volume uh, two number one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, death was vastly different in the now comics. Um, Which they then but, say, not to be confused with one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in Real Ghostbusters episode Apocalypse What Now? Or a sub-boss in Ghostbusters Sega Genesis game named Reaper. <laughs> so so already Ghostbusters canon has four different incarnations deaths. of death. That's, that's what we'll see in issue four is all of these versions of death coming together. And, and just looking at each other like, Oof. who are you? What do you want? Who, what do you want? 
What's going uh, on? Death standoff. Death stare. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. That's that was not funny. Um, yeah. but uh, we right, eagerly, well, eagerly await Michael's email. Yeah, I was so. gonna say Michael uh, set us set us straight here. But um, so yeah, a uh, great great issue as always. Uh, love love these as they come out, and uh, it, and I guess the good news is it always inspires me. I I always want to go back and reread stuff. Uh, so that's you know the sign of a good comic when you get to the editor's notes and it says see issue blah 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 blah, and you go oh, I I want to go back to that. You're right. I yeah. kind of vaguely remember that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so wonder, wonderful. I, I mean, if you are not a comics reader, uh, you should be, but check this out just for the art. Uh, you can appreciate the art style of, of all of these. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, that's, that's the, the big take. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, all right. Well, uh, what did you guys think of, of, uh, crossing over number four? Make sure to hit us up on the voicemail. Uh, we will, we'll get back to that after the book club next week, but we definitely want to hear you guys' thoughts on the series as it has been happening. Uh, and we'll, we'll read you, uh, Mr. Taka's email when we get it, uh, about now. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page you do? and Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, Chris, uh, this an- another one in the books. Uh, next week we're going to have a, a book club, so I have a feeling it's going to be a lengthy episode. So we'll, we'll bring this one to a close. But uh, what uh, what you got in terms of, of a final thought for this week? Nothing. <laughs> no, I, I don't really have a final thought. Actually, you and I were talking about this uh, before we started recording, but uh, I got myself some cables. This goes back a few weeks now to when I dug Ooh. up that. Uh, yeah, the laser the, disc. The laser disc. So yes. it's not really a final thought. I'm actually my brain is now starting to project to do I have enough energy left in me tonight to maybe do a test to see if I can get the, the ripping working. Do it. We can we can yeah. we'll end right now. We'll end early and then you'll have that extra like 10, 15 minutes that you can uh, give it in. Uh, uh, well maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> what final thoughts? I, the trick is is that I've been so busy lately that I know I have them from time to time and then I don't know if they ever come back to me, sort of thing. Um, this is dumb right. stuff. Like I, yeah. I picked up uh, one of the cell sheets for the uh, Ghostbusters Two tops cards, and oh, didn't oh. you already have those? One of those cell sheets? No, I had one for the Slimer candies. I wasn't sure if I had one for ah. the the cards, but it was a good price on eBay, so I grabbed it. Uh, what else? I mean. It is. It's kind of the calm before the the convention season here. I think uh, so. Yeah, it's we've got just... San Diego. We've got Dragon Con. Like this is now the start of like get ready. It's also insanely hot here. I don't know about up up there, but uh, uh, so it's... it's okay if you forgot something because my brain is melted. It's <laughs> gone. It's not the worst we've had. But I was looking at your uh, 
weather map today, and uh, I didn't. I don't think like the, basically the United States map was just a red, except for yeah. kind of a bit of New Mexico, uh, Nevada, and Texas. That is the oh my god, things are super bad. Purple um, in the 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 color chart. Oh, and, Chris, that that wasn't the weather map. That was no, just kidding. That was yeah. But the entire United States was was red except for a little tinge of yellow in Seattle, a little tinge in uh, probably around Portland area, and then so that would put them at like seventy five to seventy seven degrees, and then inexplicably, somewhere between L A and San Francisco, there was this little pocket on the coast that was sixty nine degrees. Oh my God, that's, like, it's, that's Ivan it's, Reitman's mansion up in Santa Barbara, uh, Montecito yeah. County. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where somebody you can control the weather. All I could think about was uh, close the fridge door. You want to cool the whole outside? It's like, that's probably what happened. Yeah, um, that's somebody somebody with the door open. Yeah, I don't know. Some days the final thoughts is a good thing to just bring up small little things. Did you happen to see um, uh, Mr. Paul Rudolph there posted his pictures? He's got uh, press junket photos uh, from Germany. Oh no, I didn't see those. I've been in, I've been really enjoying and admiring his uh, shot on sites for uh, answer the call, but I didn't see those uh, press photos. Yeah, he, those went up today, and Mr. Alex Newborn popped up. The uh, Paul had ten, and apparently the set had twelve. Oh. Uh, but they were Are they different from photos that we've seen before. Then, yeah, no stars. Uh, it's it was it was like an Ivan Reitman, Joe Medjuk. Uh, uh, looking by the others, like I think, I think, uh, like maybe uh, uh, Mr. Brillstein might have been there, and I was trying to figure out if Michael Gross was there, but I didn't see him in any of the pictures. Oh, I'm trying to pull them up frantically as you're uh... frantically, but yeah, it's, it was just in some sort of I guess hotel room thing, and they put posters up on all the walls and had a table, and they took a photo of a group photo and put the logo on the floor like it was just it was very oh, not I hollywood that, i wouldn't yeah i wonder if that's the trade show that they were talking about there was i, I think it was like in the 30th anniversary uh there was like a q a that ivan was talking about that they had to go sell everything to a, a certain group or whatever, uh, maybe it was like licensors or, or theater Possibly, distributors yeah. or something like that. And but they didn't have they didn't have you know finished parts of the movie yet to show, so they put the logo down. And oh man, yeah, I wonder if that's what that was. Uh, for Probably. whatever reason, Spook Central is not loading for me at the moment, sadly. But uh, wow. um, I'll, ch- I'll have to check that out. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, lots of really great content. Uh, if you're not following Art of RGB on Instagram. Um, posting a bunch of great artwork on there uh i mean the the cool thing is uh, for all of the uh negativity the toxicity that we hear about fandom uh uh, especially nowadays uh there are a lot of people out there that are just posting stuff because they love it so make sure that you're you're giving them the praise and the love uh if you're enjoying what you're seeing because uh you know they're they're just like you and I. They they <laughs> just want to enjoy this. They want to again find joy in something. Uh, so uh, make sure make sure that you're giving that the attention that it deserves. But oh uh, yeah, one last final thought. This is something yes. I I did want to bring up. I, I knew I had something. And um, I are you caught up on your I was there too 
podcasts? I am not. No, no. Without having a commute, I'm so far behind on uh, all of my podcasts, sadly. You got to yeah. catch up. Uh, the second to last was with uh, Paul Dooley. Oh. Uh, and it's not, go- there's nothing Ghostbusters specific, but he does talk about working with Max von Sydow on Strange Brew. And actually, he's a really interesting guy, and, and it's interesting to hear him talk about, you know, working on Popeye and 16 Candles and all that. Like, really, really interesting to... It'll take you a moment to try and figure out who he is. Like, it, the name does not instantly evoke his name, but he's yeah literally one of the the quintessential, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, um, his, he's like his name is familiar, but wait, who is yeah. he? I often so feel could, that when I'm listening to the Gilbert Gottfried show, I'm like, I think I know you. And then you look at a photo and you go, oh, yeah, that person. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, so if you remember Strange Brew, uh, Max von Sydow was the brewmaster. Yes. But yeah. there was that that right hand, the 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 love interest's uncle yeah, that married her mother, yeah. who was running the, the place. Yeah. Right. Uh, th- that's him. And it's uh, interesting to hear him talk because... Uh, Max von Sydow, not not an overly funny guy, but uh, he didn't talk about it. But my understanding is that Max von Sydow wanted the the teeth. <laughs> that was his <laughs> idea of comedy was to do the teeth. Okay. Um, but they have that bit where he uh, uh, he grabs him by the ears and does that whole "I could crush you like a nut, but I won't yeah. because I need yeah. you." And then he drops him, and he talks about it because he's he's got a big uh, improv background too. And so when he let so when he lifts him by the ear, he stands up on his tippy toes, which you can't see. And then when he lets him go, he's like waits for Max von Sydow to walk, turn and walk away. And then he goes, "Ow!" And then literally afterwards, he went to the director and said, "Can we do a quick insert of my feet off the ground?" So that shot where he picks him up and does like a crush your head like a nut, and then they cut away to his feet like kicking off the ground, like yeah, he's lifted yeah. him. Physically by the ear, that was that was his contribution to the thing. His I'm little like, little oh. insert. Oh, how He's funny! Fascinating to listen to all it, like the the Popeye, like the filming of Popeye. Oh my god, yeah, that. I mean, Robert Altman, and there's got to be a lot of great stories there. Six and months Robert in Williams. Malta on an island with nothing nearby, and they all all these creative people just were on the verge of going nuts. So instead, they just started putting on shows in the evening and just. Oh, how <laughs> funny. That it's sounds awesome. All right, I'll have to yeah. listen to that. That I need. I need a good pick me up. Uh, my my final thought was going to be that I, I I finally brought myself to read the last uh, 30, 40 pages of Ghostbusters Daughter. Oh, so and now, I need I'm a hug. I really need a need hug. A hug. Uh, so that's uh, yeah. Well, here podcast hug. Podcast hug. Thanks, buddy. Ah, there we um, go. But yeah, so I, I read that in preparation uh, of of our book club, which is going to be happening next week. Uh, you so, smell like fabric softener. Aww, oh, did thanks. you stop hugging? I was still p- podcast hugging. <laughs> God, we, we can't just leave dead air while, <laughs> while like, cry into your shoulder. Cry into your shoulder. But, yeah, so... Crying. You're crying. <laughs> It's it is it's very it's incredibly sad. I I uh, and and we'll talk about it next week. But I yes. I, I hugged my daughter a little uh, a little extra tightly and uh, and reached reached out to a certain somebody that that may have been involved in some of the stories there and said I had no idea. So um so anyway we'll we'll be talking about Ghostbusters Daughter the second half of the book next week uh, should should be a really interesting and really good discussion because there's a whole lot that happens in that mm-hmm. next uh, 150 pages. So uh, check our social media again. We want you guys to participate uh, in the discussion and we'll have 
questions for you to answer via voicemail uh, or through the comments sections, or you can even, if you want to send something more privately, you can always drop us an email too, but uh, join, join in on the discussion because I'm sure it will be a really, really good one with our Ontario friends again. So uh, until then uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Let me guess. Goals are worship. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. No study. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird.